Praise God. That was awesome, Minister Tracy. I was thinking about a couple of things he said. When, um, the fact that God said, I paid a, a huge price. And um, how many times as parents we buy things for our kids, which, you know, whatever the amount is, at the time we bought it, you know, maybe it was a sacrifice, and we bought it, and they didn't treat it the way we wanted them to treat it based on the price that we paid. And we kind of like say, boy or girl, don't you know how much I paid for that? <laughs> yeah. And then God <laughs> said to us, he's not angry, you know, with parents because God is God and he's not us. We can't bring him down to our level. We go up to his level. But as parents, you know, because we're in the flesh, we would say we would get a little angry or disappointed at them. But God doesn't do that. But he reminds us. I paid a huge price for you. I want you to know that. I want you to know that you got a lot on the inside of you. And so because of that, you know, treat it as such. Treat it as you are valuable, kind of like awards that we get or um, different plaques that we receive in our lives. We place them on the wall so others can see. We show them off. We put them on our desk. They're displays. Why? Because they were costly. They cost us something. And, and we cost Jesus something, his life, right? So we ought to be shown off. And God wants to show us off. Why? Because he's doing great things in all of our lives. Amen? So point to yourself. Say, self. God is doing great things in me. And I'm excited about it. Amen. 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 Well, welcome. Indian, Indianapolis Church Online, thank you all for being here this morning. And, you know, I thought about this um, particular thought. Shatan, you can bring that out, please. Um, how, how many, and that, well, I don't know where all of you go during the week and what you do, but how many places can you go in your week throughout the day or throughout the days in your week where you can go and come together and be with a body of people that are praising and worshiping God on the same one accord. How many places do you go throughout your week that you can actually do this or hear amazing worship, great word, and be encouraged when you leave? Think about it. Ask yourself that. I'm, I'm, I don't want you to raise your hand or anything, but I just want you to think about it. How many places? And so when, when the opportunity comes or when you take the opportunity to show up here, it's like, this is like so refreshing. Like I get to come and be encouraged and built up. I get to see others. I get to see a smile from this person. And that's valuable. It does something for me. I don't know what it does for you. I trust it does something because you show up. But that, let's not underestimate the presence of others. There are people in nursing homes and jail, they don't see your faces. They don't see others' faces. So to, to get to, excuse the tears, they're overrated. So <laughs> to get to come and worship and and sense a presence that's bigger than yourself, man, 
that means a lot to me. And um, whatever it means to you, just value it, okay? Well, today actually is um, Pastor's 38th ministry anniversary. And um, 38 years ago, yeah, he raised his hand, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? 38 years ago, he raised his hand at a um, Lester Summerall's church. So Kenneth Hagin was ministering, and Lester Summerall ran up and said, there's 10 men here in this audience that God's calling you to the ministry. And he said immediately, I wasn't present, but he said immediately his hand went up. And he looked up, and he didn't realize he had put his hand up. <laughs> and his hand's been up ever since. And um, a lot of you have helped keep his hands up. Um, all of you, if you're here today, believe me, you're part of keeping his hands up. And, um, and so he is um, taking a few days uh, of sabbatical. And so um, just, um, you know, just pray that God speaks to him and lead him and minister to his heart and whatever it is that he desires, um, that it, it manifests. Amen? Are you guys in agreement with that? Amen, amen, amen. In fact, right now, let's just lift him up, okay? You're a God of mercy. You're a God of grace. I just want to thank you so much for the gift that you place in my husband and our pastor. And thank you for all that you've done through him. The lives, the many of lives that's been touched. The many of people that have come off their deathbeds. The many of families that have been restored and strengthened. And you're so faithful, Father, to do what you said you would do. And I just want to thank you for doing that, just that. And as a congregation, we declare in the name of Jesus that his greater days are his best days. And we thank you, Lord, that he hears from you clearly. And he knows you specifically in every and any situation. And I thank you, Lord, that the anointing on him is so strong. That even in his absence, it's present. And we thank you for doing abundantly above all he can ask or think. Thank you that your hands of protection are on him in his travels. And we give you the glory and adoration. And we thank you for the people over the years that have come, that have gone, that have come, that have gone and come, and that are here. And we thank you so much. It's an amazing privilege and opportunity. And we give you the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God is awesome, right? <laughs> I almost wore some eyelashes. <laughs> that would have been a disaster. <laughs> oh, I cracked myself up. All right. <laughs> if you can't laugh at yourself, you're too serious. <laughs> you're like way too serious. All right. Well, hallelujah. Well, uh, today my message is, how do you see yourself? And so we have this uh, mirror here. So if you see fingerprints, I'm going to point out the people who clean the mirror. So, but I'm not. <laughs> no. Um, 
So I love props, and um, I think props are kind of like, are, are like pictures. Pictures are worth a thousand words, right? And uh, I think it's important how we see ourselves and, and that we see ourselves the way God sees us. And um, I, I always love to mention this, that um, in, in, and we must all know our place. We must all know who we are and know who we, who we aren't. And uh, one of the many things that I love about Pastor is that he's such an amazing Bible teacher. And line upon line, precept upon precept, um, he does uh, in-depth teaching and makes it, he does in-depth um, teachings and make them simple. And so um, I'm more of a, well, I am a motivator <laughs> and an encourager, right? And so not, not to say that I um, don't know the scriptures, but I'm not a teacher. And there is a difference. And you have to recognize the gifts, okay? So, um, so I said that to say I may jump all over the place. And I may not start shouting at you or anything like that. But just kind of getting in your face, like, really excited because that's just kind of me. And so, um, so don't take it as though I'm yelling at you, but that I'm trying to stir you up. And you say, why do you want to stir us up? Because there's goodness on the inside of you. There's a seed on the inside of you. And I want to see that seed flourish. You can have a seed, and that seed can be impacted with great things. An apple tree will not produce apples unless it, it's grown or, or planted. It could, be, it could be on a window shelf. It could be uh, in a package, and it can say apples, but until that seed gets in the ground and some dirt get on it and some water gets in it, it is not going to produce. And so we all have a seed on the inside of us. Whatever that seed, and you may have more than one seed on the inside of you, but that seed needs to have some dirt on it. And sometimes we don't want dirt, but dirt is not all bad. Dirt is not all bad. We all need some dirt in our life <laughs> so we can grow, right? And, and, you know, Minister Tracy was also mentioning about, uh, there was something about, oh, we all go through things. Yeah, I wish that wasn't the case. I wish that life was like we just sailed through it. Hey, hey, what's up? You know, that just would be so marvelous. But what's amazing is when the, the, uh, the scripture says that as we walk through the valley, not sit and stay, that's when it gets to be crappy. When you sit your tail down and stay there, get up. You got to walk through that stuff. Even in a drag, you can drag your leg. You can just keep moving. Even if you're crying, just keep moving. And don't try to read tears. Tears are, tears are, sometimes when a person is just so full, they can cry. I mean, there's more room out. My mom would say, you know, you know this was in a, nif a different way, you know, if we were gas, past gas. More room out than in, baby. <laughs> and, and even, you know, that when you get full of just, you don't know what to do, sometimes tears just come out because you're so full. Or, you know, it could be that a person is sad. Or it could be that a person is hurt. It just, don't try to read them. Just, you know, that's why I say sometimes tears are overrated. And it, but it's okay to cry. Men, oh, okay, no. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that curveball. No, not picking on the men. But it, it, it is so okay to cry. It really is. Um, all right, so let's turn to Genesis 126. 
Let's see how God sees us. And I'm reading this one out of the Amplified. It says, God said, let us, man, son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image, after our likeness, and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, <clears throat> the tame beast, and over all the earth, and everything that creeps upon the earth. Back at the top. Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image. And the image of God is complete. The image of God is great. And that's how God sees us, as complete. And I brought this mirror out because um, this mirror gives us a reflection of who we are. When we look in the mirror, we look in the mirror to see if things are in place, um, whatever we need, you know, uh, if, if the outfit looks right or whatever, we use the mirror for reflection. And God is our reflection. When we look at God, he wants us to see us. He wants us to see him, excuse me, when we look at God. Because you are, say I am, a reflection of God. Now, that is true, but your mind will tell you different. But that is truly true because we were made in the image and likeness of God. It says this in the, in the word. But our minds will tell us completely different based on the circumstances in our life, based on what someone else said, or based on what, what may or may not have happened. And so that's why it's important that when you look in this mirror or at God, that you don't forget what manner of woman or man you are. Because the circumstances will say different. And so it's important to remind ourselves, even if you have to carry in your car or in your briefcase or in your book or whatever, a mirror. Just so you can pull it out to see, oh, okay, <laughs> I am who God says I am. And then put it away. Whatever it takes to remind you of who you are in Christ Jesus. Turn to John 3, 16 and 17. This, I'm reading out of the message translation. So I'm going to be a little over, all over the place, but you have the scriptures there in front of you. John 3, 16 through 17 in the message translation. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why. So that no one need be destroyed by believing, oh, um, excuse me, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Amen? This is how much God loves us. What was that, what was that you quoted about the, uh, on, on the scripture you read? It said, uh, would you go back to it? It was something that, that popped out at the end. But it, it just dealing with the fact that God loves us so much. And that that's has to be the settled um, foundation first, that God loves me. And when that is a settled deal, when that is settled, no matter what we're facing and going through, because we know God loves us, we know that whatever it is that I'm dealing with or going through, he has the answer for it. Why? Because he loves me. 
He loves me and he wants me to fulfill what he's placed me here to do. And he has given me what is necessary to do what he's called me to do. Do you agree with that? And so we have to have that settled. That has to be a settled, like it's non-negotiable. This is what I believe. This is what the word says. It's a done deal. And that has to be a solid foundation in every phase of life. Because if you allow that to get from under you, then the enemy will start bombarding you even more with doubts of who you are and whose you are. He'll continue to bring back up your past and let your past define you. And we're not defined by our past. We are defined by the word of God in every situation. And we have to believe that no matter what. John, I'm sorry, let's jump over to Romans chapter 5. 6 through 8, and this is in the um, Passion Translation. For when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to, to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. So this is how God sees us. He, he saw us powerless, but he came so that we can be powerful, right? He didn't leave us in that state. That's how he saw us at first because of what Adam did. And because of that, he created a way out. And that was through his son, Jesus Christ. Because without him, we are powerless. With him, we're powerful. And there's nothing we cannot do. There's nothing we cannot accomplish. There's no place we cannot go because of the greater one on the inside of us. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And that was some powerful stuff to raise a body from the dead and cause life to come back in it. That same spirit is in the inside of us. That same spirit. And we have to remind ourselves, and we do that when we look in the mirror of life, when we look in the mirror of God's face. No, 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 this is who I am. Because your mind will start to say some things to you. And if you decide to have a, a meeting with your mind, you will go under. <laughs> your mind will win every time. And so stop having the mind meetings. Say no more mind meetings. No, no, you don't want those. Have a heart meeting. Your heart. Filled with God's word, saying what God says about you and who you are. And you are valuable and precious. You are victorious. You are more than enough. You are who God says you are. You are beautiful. You are handsome. You are all of that. And more than some tips. Just, just every, that's who God created. And that's not being cocky. That's knowing who you are. That's knowing who you are. Verse 7 of that, or the, the remainder of that says, Now who of us would dare to die? I love this. I love this. Who would us, now, excuse me, now who of us would dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? None of us, right? Like none of you would say, oh, you know, if, if this person had done just a whole bunch of ridiculous, crazy, wicked things, 
and, and they were about to be sentenced to death. Would any of you say, hey, you know, give a guy a break, I'll, I'll take his life, or I'll take my life? I'm sure none of us would say yes. We can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person. So on this hand, this person, very no noble, and just does very kind things, takes care of everybody in the city. We may consider, you know, because we all love our lives, so, but we may consider at least this guy I might go for, right? Maybe. Maybe, right? <laughs> but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. That's who we were. We were this guy right here, the wicked guy that none of us said we would dare die for. Not all of us agreed that we wouldn't even consider the fact. But Christ did. He died for us. That's how God sees you. Enough to bank everything on us. He banked everything on us. His son, his, his only begotten son, he banked it all on our lives because he knew where we were going. He saw us as undefeated. He saw us as a team that could not be beat. He saw us victorious in every aspect of life. He says, I'm putting it all on the table. I'm playing everything. And he came and got us. That's a price. And because of that, we have to know who we are and stop letting our past have a say-so. Our past has nothing to say. Nothing to say. I remember this, uh, this little story of uh, our son, Al, when he was a little boy. And, and he used to love um, rubbing. Um, he had a particular shirt that he loved rubbing underneath his lip. And it was just a comfort, kind of like when some that sucked their thumbs. He loved rubbing his shirt underneath his tongue, uh, lip. And, um, and so we traveled with it. We would go places with it. And he was getting older, and he needed to let it go, you know. He just needed to let that go. But, we, you know, it was kind of hard to kind of take that pacifier thing away, right? And so we had gone on vacation. I believe we were in Florida. And so we had this conversation. I think he was probably about four, between three or four, you know. We, we had this conversation with him. and was like, hey, you know, we, we're going to leave. I don't even know what we called it, but it was a Flintstone. I will never forget it. It was a Flintstone shirt. And I said, well, you're going to have to let this go. How about we leave it here? Let it stay here at Disney. You know, I don't know what I said, but I was clever enough to convince him that we were going to let this shirt go. So we left it there at the hotel. But unfortunately, Pastor had left a device, some kind of device that he needed. And we called back to the hotel and told them that we had left this device, right? And so they said, oh, no deal or uh, no problem. We will go to your room. We'll get it and we'll ship it to you. And they did. And I'll never forget, it was when I was working here at the ministry and I was in the office, the package came, and um, Mom Jennings was working here at the time, Pastor's mom, and I was, uh, Albert happened to come to work with me that day, and he was in the nursery, and 
Mom Denny's came, and she was like, look, Albert. <laughs> the hotel has sent everything we left. <laughs> he got so excited that that shirt had came back from Disney. <laughs> I was so disappointed. <laughs> and you know what? And so I had, a, had a, I had to have another conversation about that shirt. <laughs> you know, but it, the puzzle tried to come back. And, and you're feeling like, I must, I must need to be at this place. No, it's in the past. Let it go. And so, you know, but your, your, your past will try to talk to you. It'll try to come back at, at times that you're least expected and show up with a voice. You have to quiet it, quiet that past with the word of God. Amen? Let's turn to Galatians 1, 13 through 16, because, the, see, the past is, is the past for that reason. It is behind us. And I, you know, and you've heard this illustration many times. I, I would think that, you know, the reason why that there's a, a, a the, why the rear view mirror is smaller than the mirror in front of you when you're driving is because you need to see more in, that's ahead of you than behind you. And so stop looking behind. Stop the regrets. Galatians 1, 13 through 16 says, For you have heard of my former conduct. I love this. Paul knew how to forget the past. He says, For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and, and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism, Beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the tradition of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, listen, I can't, I, I, we know this, God has a seed in every one of us, and it was placed there at birth. It was placed there. It was placed there from the beginning. And so no matter what happens in your life, God has not changed his mind about the seed that he's planted on the inside of you. It is there. It says, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. Amen? Paul stopped looking back. He did not confer with his, his religion in, in, in flesh and blood. He knew that he was called. He knew that God had sent him to preach to the Gentiles. He knew what he had did in, in behind him. But there's, a, there's another scripture that he talks about, and he says, I've wronged no man. Wow! He could say that with boldness because he knew his past was behind him. How many of us, if we realize the things that God has before us, if we would cut the string of the thing that is trying to keep us from going forward, how much will that, how much will, uh, would you just run forward and see yourself the way God sees you and look into the mirror of truth and say, no, 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 that is not me. That's not me. That's not me. I am who God says I am. And if that doesn't line up with what God says, then I got to cut it off. I got to let it go. 
If you're hearing thoughts of you're, you're unworthy, if you're hearing thoughts that you, you can never get it together, those are things of the past that doesn't belong to you. Cut it off. See what God sees. Say what God says. It, it's, it, it could be screaming day in and day out. It may even wake you up. It may even wake you up, and that's the first thought on your mind. Let come out of your mouth. I'm a child of the most high God. You have to speak back to that thing. I love it when David came, came uh, against Goliath. David came down that path, and he was talking. He was saying, you are an uncircumcised Philistine. <laughs> you got to tell devil, the devil, you are a defeated foe. I am the most high God, or God is my God, and I am who he says I am. Amen? And say it and mean it. You said, but sometimes I don't feel like it. So what? I don't either. But I'm saying it because I know that his word is true. We all go through. We all think crazy stuff. I've had some crazy thoughts here lately. And I'm saying, devil, you are a liar. I am who God says I am. I will do what God says I will do. And you got to declare that. He is not going to bag up just because you come to summit, just because your name is what it is, just because you've accomplished great things, just because you have money in the bank. He is not going to bag up. Because he knows his time is short and he wants to just deplete and defeat as many as he can. Don't let you be in his number. And we don't have to be. And we're not. The grace of God is on all of our lives. And God has a plan and a purpose. And he wants to fulfill it. And, but see, what is so awesome is that it's not just about you. Because your purpose affects others and God has other people in mind he has other people in mind and they need what you have amen I, I uh, like to listen to a lot of uh, motivational stuff and uh, I heard Miles Moreau um, say this no this was Les Brown it was so awesome he says don't get knocked down while you're sitting down don't get knocked down while you're sitting down. And then what that said to me, because he said that most people, most people are um, spectators. And so you, you want to look around and see what other people are doing. Oh, why she doing that while you sitting down? Oh, oh, I don't know why you even doing that. Why you sitting down? Get up and participate. <laughs> you know? So if you're going to get knocked down, at least get knocked down going somewhere. Don't get knocked down sitting down. Be a fighter. Be a participator. Be a team player. Be a like, hey, I'm on this. I'm, in, I'm involved. I'm going somewhere with them because they're going somewhere. And then there, this, this one really, really blesses me. Like, you know, eagles, they fly three to four miles above, like, the sky or whatever. They, they go up like really, really high. And so when they're flying and if they encounter or see another bird, guess what? It's another eagle. <laughs> if they see a pigeon, they too low. I'm telling you, fly high. Fly above because if you see 
something other than a pigeon, you are too low. <laughs> and you need to get to going. You need to ride, you need to come on, going up, going up there. Because normally the other the other birds, especially the the, the, the ones that are trying to, to to hinder you, they're not on your level. That doesn't mean that you're better. That means that you just got your focus higher. And you want to bring them up. See, I want to bring other people up. I don't want to pull anybody down. I want to take them up. And if I knock you down, I'm going to come back and help you up. Because I'm not perfect, right? But my goal is to take you higher. And on my way up, I want to grab as many as I can. And then I want you to do the same. Because I want to reach back and help. But I can't help if I stay down in my seat and get knocked down while I'm sitting down. So get up and participate. I'm not talking about necessarily here, but thank you if you got that. <laughs> I'm just saying in life, the goals and the, the dreams and the seeds on the inside of you, my God, God is amazing. And he's put some amazing seeds in our kids, in, our, in, in the youth, in adults, the seeds that never bloomed. I heard this statement, and I, and I pray that it's not true with any of us, that most people die at 25 but keep living until in their 60s. No. Don't die with the dream in you. Don't die with that seed in the inside of you. There's too much greatness in us. Oh, my goodness. Create what's in you by allowing the grace and the love of God to shine out of you and to come in and to water that. And whatever dirt that gets put on you, don't worry. Because everything you see blossom, every apple tree, every beautiful flower, Everything that you see looks alive has come up through some dirt. And you are no exception. So just keep coming, keep coming, keep watering your seed with the word of God. Keep it coming. And I'm telling you, you're going to flourish. You're going to flourish through it all, press through it, surround yourself with people that thinks like you. Hear the word. Know who you are in Christ Jesus. Love people when they hate you. Love people when they don't agree with you. Love people. Love people. Don't let people get you out of who God says you are, and you are a loving being. Love people. The seed of completion is on the inside of you. Let's close this in 2 Peter 1, 3. In the Amplified, it says, For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are, what's that word? I can't use it. Requisite? No. I'm, I'm stuck for some reason. Okay, my brain went dead. It, it, my brain went blank. Come back. My bra brain is alive. It is not dead. <laughs> All right, so we'll, I'm going to jump down. To the life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellent virtue. Amen. Philippians 1.6 in the Message Bible. 
there has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. A seed left unplanted will never bear fruit. So the seed that's on the inside of you, the seed that God has planted on the inside of you, water that, plant it. Know that God is doing great things in your life. Know that you are who God says you are. No matter the circumstances in your life, that doesn't determine that God doesn't want to do anything in your life or that, or, or that um, the enemy wins. It just means that this is life. We're on Satan's territory, by the way, right? But, but we aren't to be afraid because God has given us Jesus and, and then we're protected by the angels and the blood of Jesus. So we're good here on the earth. But when Adam gave up the right, the devil took over the earth. But we are in Christ, and because we're in Christ, we don't belong to, his, to the devil's system. So we don't have to be afraid. Perfect love casts out fear. The, the love that we have that God has given us, that love casts out fear, and so we're not afraid. In fact, when we walk in a room, light enters the room, and darkness has to flee. So we, we, we as believers, we are fine, but you have to believe that. You have to believe that. And so I just want to encourage you um, with, with just a few more things, and then we're going to close. Everything and everyone that you see that is producing fruit, and I mentioned this a little bit ago, I just want to encourage you again, know that they've, they've gone through some dirt. And it's okay. You just got to get up and just keep going and stop having those woe, it's me parties. No more of them. Say they are over. No more woe, it's me party. And say, whoa, here I come, me. Right? <laughs> yeah, show up like that in the mirror in the morning before you go. Look in the mirror and say, whoa, here I go. Me, Father, and the Holy Ghost, yes. Man, I mean, it, it's, people are blessed to be around you because of who you are. It's a blessing to be in your presence because of who you are. You have to believe that. Amen? And, I, and, and it's true. It's not hype. It's true. It is the truth. And I believe that you believe that about yourself. And because of that, we're going to say it. Say, I am, I am a blessing to those I show up to. I am light in the midst of darkness. I'm above and not beneath. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm a wise thinker. And I make great decisions. And I affect lives greatly. I am a child of the Most High God. And I am who God says I am. And I can do what God says I can do. Therefore, today, I am winning. And I will continue to win. 
because of Jesus Christ. Amen. You believe it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woo. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to do a couple of things. So I, I really wanted to pray for um, teachers and kids today because I know some of you have already gone back to school. Um, and my heart's desire, like all of ours I know, is for our school systems to be safe. Um, our teachers to be able to um, do what they need to do as teachers, um, and our kids to excel, um, to be able to um, come to school with their minds clear to learn and be able to grow up in an environment of um, just without craziness, for lack of a better word. Um, and so I just, I really wanted to do that. Um, so what we're going to do, a couple of things. I'm going to extend the invitations for salvation because um, we never want to assume that everybody knows Jesus and um, even there's people that are watching online as well. And so um, I just want to offer that. But I definitely, and then, and then I want to pray for the parents because it, it, um, one of the things that I have been asking teachers um, the last month, just here and there, if I ran into a teacher or I have a couple of clients that are teachers, and I'll say, I said, what is it that you would love to see this year to make the school year better? And um, the very first teacher I asked, and her, her response was um, better parents' participation. Um, because I know it, 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 it's hand in hand because the teachers work with the parents and the parents work with the teachers. And so that's, that's, that will be a great help. And that's, so that's something that we can pray as a body of Christ that parents can get more involved with their kids at their school um, and not leave it all up to the teachers. And then when the teachers are, are faced with discipline the child, you know, and if something goes south, then the parent, what they've experienced, comes up, and then they fuss at the teacher. That's backwards. And so we want, it, as much as, whatever part Summit can play in making a, an amazing school year for teachers and students, I, I say let's do it, and I believe it starts with prayer. And then whatever support that we can offer to teachers, and then we have our youth ministry, and encouraging our youth to get involved in that so that they can build that camaraderie and that strength among each other and know that while they're there at school, even if it's not the same school, that they have other friends that think like them. And then, then they may have the opportunity to say, hey, would you pray for my friend? He goes to this school. So I think as a body of Christ, we really can make a large impact on the school community. And so as we come together and pray for the administrative um, people and all those involved, because it's a, we're living in some times that seems to want to put us in fear, but we're not going to be fearful. We cannot be fearful. We have to trust the word of God. And Psalms 91, Psalms 91 is, is our go-to, is one of our go-tos that he gives his angels charge over us, and no weapon formed against us to prosper. A thousand may fall at our side, and ten thousand at our right hand. 
I want our kids to go to school and be ready to learn and not looking around, you know. And so I want to pray for, I want to pray in that way. So let's pray for um, salvation, and then um, I'm, I would love to have our, our youth come up, and then we'll go from there, okay? Is that all right with everyone? All right. Father God, we just thank you so much. We thank you for every person that's